Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. Well, I'm excited because I'm joined by an old friend. Todd Sherbandi is a sales arborist at the East Pittsburgh office for the Davy Tree Expert Company. Todd and I have worked together for many years, and today we're going to talk all about trees that are losing their leaves before fall. Todd, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Uh, unfortunately, not joined by our other guest, uh, Olivia Sherbandi. <laughs> Maybe next uh, podcast we can have her on with us, so... Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We were on the radio together uh, and my radio shows early Sunday mornings and Todd would bring his daughter in and we just loved it, you know, having her in there. Uh, so maybe next Great time. Times. Definitely. So when you think about uh, leaves dropping off the tree before fall, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is it's hot. Oh, uh, you know, we we've been seeing uh, across much of the United States, Pittsburgh, uh, definitely in that uh, category, a lot of heat uh, early on in the season, though. You know, it was it was pretty cl- uh, cool. It was temperate. And the nice thing was we were getting adequate rainfall. So, you know, the gardens were doing well. The trees were growing like like mad. The lawns were doing really well. Now it seems like the, the faucet kind of shut off on us through the mid part of the season. Well, first thing then is is the heat, but then tell me about my flowering crab apple, why it's losing its leaves. <laughs> yeah, already in the season. Uh, you know, two things that come to mind on that. Number one, um, we had an excessive amount of, of rainfall early on in the season, and that causes uh, a lot of things to happen. The most uh, invasive problem with that is the fact that the fungal spores are spread all over the tree. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I thought my crab apple was doing OK. And, you know, the heat hit the, through the season and now it's starting to lose leaves. Well, that started, as you know, well into the beginning of the season. So the unfortunate side of it is um, if you didn't recognize the, the issue early on, uh, there's not a whole lot of, of help for it going into the end of the season here. So apple scab is a, a big part of the equation, the fungal infections that we see on crab apples and you know a lot of apple trees this time of the year. Should we be worried about it or or does the tree usually rebound from such a thing? Yeah, typically they they can rebound. Um, you know, a more mature tree, I don't want to call them old and offend them, but you know, a more mature tree may have uh, issues going into the later part of the season um, where they're relying more on their carbohydrate reserves to uh, push back either a new flush of leaves or help to, to start the, the next growth cycle in the next year. So um, it's definitely something we want to monitor closely, ensure that you're you know, properly fertilizing and, uh, and watering the tree, even going into the end of the season. So what if I have a big oak this time of the year and I see it starting to lose leaves? What could be the issue there? Yeah, so a lot of oaks, we've seen some real uh, devastating issues with uh, some nasty diseases um, that, that are common to this area, like oak wilts um, and, and uh, some other odd ones that we haven't seen in a while. But usually if you're seeing just portions of the tree dying off or you know a, a, a few leaves here or there, a scattering of leaves here and there, 
couple of things could be happening. One, you could have some issues with uh, some other types of, of diseases, um, even things like uh, maybe a petio borer or something of that nature that could cause uh, an insect infestation. Uh, but the other thing that we've seen a little bit of um, is anthracnose, another common leaf disease that will uh, cause the tree to lose leaves. So all is not lost by seeing the tree losing a few leaves, um, but it's definitely a, a cause for uh, continued monitoring. Yeah. When do I know if, if it's right to call a certified arborist? So what you would look for if the, if the leaf, uh, if the tree is losing leaves at the very tips of the branches, you know, that's always a cause for concern. Typically, the, the plant shouldn't be losing leaves way out on the ends of the branches like that. Um, if, you, if you start to see it, you know, kind of in through the middle of the tree, maybe not as big of a concern, something like a river birch. Um, you know, you would see a lot of leaf loss this time of the year because of the, the heat and a uh, little bit of dry conditions. I don't want to say drought, but the drier conditions. So in essence, you know, if, it's, if you're seeing it at the ends of the branches, definitely cause for concern. If you're seeing it in the, in the middle of the tree, maybe lesser concern, still worth a call. Yeah. And I just want to remind people that you can call a certified arborist. <laughs> Somebody like you, Todd, will come out for free, right? And and right. look at the, the problem. And there's nothing better than having somebody that knows what they're talking about, looking at your trees, looking down and looking up, right? Right. Still do house calls. Uh, you know, a great part of our job is showing up at clients' residence and uh, walking the property with them. Um, the fun thing is, you know, you get to see the, uh, the different smattering of trees and kind of people's interests. Uh, you guys, you know, are the eyes and ears for us. Uh, so if you're seeing the problem, if the client's seeing the problem, don't hesitate or wait. You know, a lot of times we can remediate or, or in uh, cause some help, you know, provide some help to get this addressed before it becomes a real issue. For your regular clients, how often do you visit the property? Gosh, I would say a minimum of two to three times a year. Uh, those, those are, you know, with, with large mature shade trees or even trees um, that, are, that are showing signs of issues, you know, stress type applications where maybe they're seeing some bagworms showing up or something of that nature. So two to three times a year, that's a, that's a, a pretty good average related to what we're seeing. The way things are going in my property, I'm going to have to rent out a room to my Davy. <laughs> I just had, you know, I just had a giant oak tree drop a branch right on a, a garden shed, which now will God. become, now will become a she shed for my wife. So as soon as, <laughs> as soon as we rebuild, I was talking to my local arborist today, talking about scheduling, getting that thing off there and whether they're going to take the wood or leave the wood. It's so funny because my wife and I always argue about that. I said, leave the wood and we'll just stack it up sure. over here. And then she says, I don't want all that wood stacked up here. So we've got to figure it all out. One more project for you to work on. I understand. Yeah. Uh, I. It was sad to lose that shed. And the funny thing was my garlic was in there curing. So I was I was able to save the garlic. So I don't know if I was okay. more excited about saving the garlic or... or <laughs> <laughs> more sad about losing the shed, but I was glad to get my garlic out of there. Hey, when you're yeah. thinking, when we're thinking about it and our properties about trees losing leaves, is there anything else <clears throat> to mind for you that you think about we should be worried about? Definitely. Um, you know, proper planning is a key element associated with the, with your garden uh, or with your property. Uh, you know, as well as I do, you know, certain plants don't like to be in 
you know, maybe, maybe certain areas, um, something that's not happy in an area, it might be a good idea to either move it while it's young or consider not planting that particular species in that area. Uh, going back to a tree like a river birch, a lot of times it's planted in the wrong application. When it's hot, it's sunny. You know, they're lowland dwellers. They like to be in a, a boggy, marshy area. So, you know, proper planting is something that we try to work through the right tree for the right site always. If you are already stuck and you have all the trees you, you, you absolutely could want and you don't have a, a plan for moving them, um, how do you manage that? You know, you can call us in and we can take a look at help you develop a management plan, a property management plan for, you know, how to maybe supplementally water that tree if it's in a really poor area and it needs to be, you know, uh, irrigated such as, as a river birch or, you know, something like a, a, a big oak. Um, is it structurally sufficient? Is it something that's going to, to thrive in that particular area? You know, is that those are things that we're looking for. So, you know, I feel so much better now that I have uh, an arborist coming from Davy, you know, like you said, two, three times a year. Yeah. Just because, as I say all the time in the podcast, I live in an oak forest. And so it's an older oak forest too. So as the oaks decline, I'm, I'm working with him on that plan because I want more right. diverse, I want more diversity in my in my forest. You know, American hornbeams and sourwoods and sassafras, whatever else I can get in there. Talk a little bit about that, about about mixing things up and not having the same couple trees growing, you know, all over the place. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I love the plan, you know, diversification. A monoculture on a property or all the same species of one plant uh, is not particularly the, the best approach that we uh, would, would want to see on a property. Uh, one of my favorite trees, probably a very underutilized tree, Nysa sylvatica, uh, black gum, uh, native tree, absolutely gorgeous tree in fall. One Probably one of the best, sh the showiest fall colors around. But the cool thing about that is there's not a lot that bothers uh, black gum quite frankly. So, you know, these guys have adapted uh, ways to, to work within, you know, the, the issues that we're seeing out there day to day, you know, the introduced species and all of that, they don't have adaptations for, but uh, their particular zone or their hardiness level, a lot of times they're better at, at adapting to those stressors. Is a black gum a hard sell for uh, your clients or are they accepting of that tree? Because I know that is a phenomenal tree. And like you said, the fall yeah. color is unparalleled. Yeah, striking. Uh, once you see them, and I always recommend go and see one. You know, I try to uh, push people out to see them on, on a property or somewhere out in the woods. I know there's a, there's a monster black gum over in uh, Oakmont. Um, so if you get to see it, truthfully, it's not a hard sell at all. You know, once you see them, you fall in love with them as far as I can tell. Well, would you have another tree on your list of things that aren't planted as often as you would like them? You know, always as, as with the caveat, right plant for the right place. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, American hornbeam, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Beautiful tree, underutilized in so many regards. Almost a perfectly conical, uh, you know, growth habit as well, which, you know, makes it, gives it a, a full uh, head. And it's just a, a gorgeous looking tree all the way around. I think it's underutilized. How would you characterize your season this year? This has been a tough year. Um, you know, the, the good thing is it, it started out really, you know, in a, in a kind of a positive flow. 
but as the season went on, you know, we've seen a lot of fungal infections, a lot of insect uh, activity. You and I were talking about the spotted lanternfly earlier on. You know, we've seen a lot of, of issues with uh, the, the disease pressure um, and the climate changing applications that are out there right now. So it's been tough on the trees. You know, they've really struggled. We saw, you know, in this my characterization, kind of August weather in July, which is not a normal application, I think. How is this job right for you and how'd you get into it? Completely happenstance. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, recruited by a Davy recruiter many years ago. The cool thing about my job every day is, and I had it best told to me by a client many years ago, you get to drive around and talk to people about their trees all day. Boy, isn't that a great job? <laughs> it, it actually is, you know, uh, you know, being shy and, and kind of introverted. It's hard for me. I'm kidding. Of course, it's hard for me to, to imagine doing anything else, quite frankly. I love being out. And again, we still do house calls. So the fun part about the day is getting out there and, you know, get, kind of getting dirty hands on with the trees. Yeah, shy and introverted. That's that's Todd, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Olivia and Olivia. Oh, my yeah. Daughter, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what you get out of it when you are spending time with your clients and you're able to, you know, in some cases, many cases, tell them that, hey, man, this tree's going to make it because we we love our trees. Yeah, I, I do indeed agree with that. Um, the fun part about it is we have so many great resources uh, with the Davy Tree Expert Company. Um, our institute, you know, if there's something that's that we can't diagnose, which is not too often out in the field. Uh, you know, we can take samples, which are a free service to our clients, send them off to our lab, get some really great minds behind it and, and get some ideas of, of what are the next steps for a client. That gives them proof positive of two things. One, knowing that the science is quality behind what we're doing, but also uh, that we have some really great minds working behind the scenes and giving us, you know, the technical expertise and knowledge to, to manage the maybe the, the needs of their property. That they couldn't be managed otherwise. So, well, Todd, that's great stuff. I'm going to leave it right there. It was great to Perfect. talk to you again. Wonderful information. And say hi to your daughter Olivia for me. I will definitely do that. She uh, she misses the the morning show. I'm not going to lie to you. She <laughs> asked me the other day, just recently, if uh, if I still talk to you, and I did say yes. So uh, that sounds good. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Doug. Always great to talk to my old friend, Todd. Now tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Next week, we have a great show in store for you with a long list of drought-resistant trees. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>